You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through the journeys as professionals in their fields. Remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section throughout the show. On this week's show, um, we are inviting Ambreen Shirazi. Um, before we get to her, we wanted to quickly tell you about Inspire. It's a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. This is another way that you can actually get uh, your questions in to our speakers. Um, you can. It's a space to ask them any advice you want, and you get uh, you know advice from any of the professionals that are are available on the app. Um, you can visit the Emoja app on Android and iOS. And Emoja Games is coming up very, very, very soon, July 31st to August 1st. Uh, we're very excited to see what <laughs> these year, this year's games are going to be like. So um, stay tuned. And our speaker for this week is Ambrin Shirazi. She's a financial, financial and tax consultant. Um, she's an insurance professional with over 20 years of experience, graduated with a degree in accounting and finance, and also received life, life and health insurance licenses. She recently started her own consulting firm, Life Wealth Consultants, where she provides financial so solutions to her clients. Um, she educates and empowers her clients to make informed financial decisions for their families. Assalamu alaikum. How are you, Ambreen? Alaikum assalam. I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited to hear a lot about your career because you have so much extensive experience and knowledge. Um, I think people won't expect how many qualifications you have. Um, so if you can start it, start us off by taking us through um, your educational background. I think I believe you started in Pakistan, right? Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show, and thanks for that introduction. Um, so yes, I started my studies in Pakistan. I did my um, MBA and undergrad in accounting. Um, and when I moved to the US, I was, um, you know, I started working as a stockbroker in a reputable firm. Um, so I did that for a few years, but, um, you know, I was just not, uh, not very fulfilling for me. You know, I was constantly looking for other avenues to, um, you know, change my career or, you know, go a different route. So so then I went back to school for my accounting uh, degree, um, got my CPA certification, and then started working uh, full-time as an accountant. Um, I did that, um, and then uh, once the family life started, once I had my first child, then again, there was that constant dilemma that, hey, you know what, um, I don't want to be able to, um, I want to be able to spend more time with my child instead of doing a 10 plus hours of work every day. So, you know, there was this that constant struggle that finally led me to find this middle ground of, um, you know, doing my own thing, starting my own business. Um, you know, it's not that, um, you know, the business route was always there. You know, it's not nothing new, no new concept, especially coming from an MBA background. But it was just something that I thought that I would never be able to do. It's not my comfort zone. So, you know, I finally took the leap of faith, took, uh, stepped out of my comfort zone, started my own firm, and um, here I am. And especially now, uh, uh, during the COVID times and after, this has really helped me um, because I was able to continue working from home, you know, being my own boss and setting my own hours. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I can't hear you. Oh, oh I was I, saying it's crazy how things work out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when you first uh, came to America, was your finance degree valid at that time? Like, were you able to work in what you um, had a degree in? Yes, um, I was, uh, you know, they accepted my degree and everything. Um, I did the evaluations because mm -hmm. it was master's in Pakistan. And back then, now I think things have changed. Back mm -hmm. then, master's was equivalent to a bachelor's degree here. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was acceptable. And then, of course, I got my um, licenses over here, the Series mm -hmm. 63 and all the stockbroker licenses. And so, what did you start working as? I was um, a stockbroker. Okay. Yeah, oh, it was like a trading company. It was a training. It was an online trading company, very fast paced mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, placing trades, helping clients with their investment options, uh, recommending different options to them. It's just a fun paced, fast paced environment. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got married, uh, got into accounting school. And mm -hmm. after finishing your CPA, um, can you tell us actually about the certification CPA and what that takes um, for our listeners? Um, so as for the CPA certification, you know, you there's the three E's that are involved, which is the education experience and the exam. So like I said, my undergrad was in accounting in Pakistan. So I did have a lot of uh, accounting courses mm -hmm. because there's a certain uh, prerequisites uh, that are required. Uh, you have to have a certain number of hours in accounting, taxation, and then business law and ethics and stuff like that. So I had a lot of that already going on. Uh, but then uh, I did have to take a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, American accounting courses, too. So mm -hmm. I was in a master's program. So it requires a total of you don't need a master's degree, but you do need uh, about 150 credit hours of um, studies. So it's okay. almost equivalent to a master's. So, you know, once you have that educational requirement uh, nailed down, then, of course, there's four part CP exam that you need to mm -hmm. have. And then you have to have one year of experience. So. Um, you seem you <clears throat> seem like a very career oriented person. Is that correct? Um, I yeah, I, <laughs> I was. I that's kind of how I saw myself initially. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, after my CPA exam, when I passed that, you know, I literally was working a full time position from seven till like maybe six or seven in the evening. But when I had my first child, you know, that really changed my perspective towards, mm -hmm. you know, I just realized that, hey, you know what, work isn't everything. I was looking for that, um, you know, perfect work-life balance where I'm not sacrificing my career, but at the same time, I'm able to give full uh, attention and full priority to my kids as well. So Was that, that possible? Was, was that possible within the corporate world? Yeah. Well, you know, I know a lot of working moms are doing this and kudos to them. You know, um, it was very hard for me because mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, I was out of my house for 10 hours a day. All mm -hmm. right. So when I come home, literally with my kids, you know, I only spend a few hours with them. So I did not, um, I couldn't really uh, find the perfect balance. I was just always, um, you know, struggling and um, not very happy or you know, and if you are able to find some sort of balance, you're like literally burned out. You know, you don't have that much energy, that much stamina to especially um, deal with your kids, you know, um, meet all their demands because, you know, kids are demanding. You know, they're very high energy kids. So mm -hmm. it, it was just for me, it wasn't possible. I did not see a, a perfect solution. 
which I just um, once when I started my own, my own business, that's kind of what, um, that's where I found my perfect uh, work life balance I was looking for. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to be, cause you know, once you go to school for so yeah. many years, you can't, uh, for me, it wasn't possible. I couldn't just say, Hey, you know what? Um, forget the work, forget the degree. I'm just going to stay. Mm. I, and I actually never did that. Even when I had my first kid, I always, um, my field was such that I was able to work part-time, like just during tax season mm-hmm. for hours a day, I was still able to stay in touch and, um, you know, continue that career path as well. How was that experience, uh, working after having your first child? I, I believe he was very, very young. Yeah, when I first went to work, he was like four months old. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, I was lucky enough, alhamdulillah, that I found this perfect place. It was really close to my house. And then mm-hmm. they were really, um, you know, good people. They understood the family values, too. They understood that I had to spend time with the kid. So I was able to find that. Um, but it was only a temporary position. Of course, if I was their full-time employee, getting the... Uh, the equal pay, then they would not have been so accommodating, of course. <laughs> so I was taking a huge uh, pay cut, but at the same time, you know, I was still able to, you know, stay in touch. That was my goal that not be completely after like five or 10 years of a break, then go back and say, Hey, you know what, you know, what, what's the, uh, what's happening in the corporate world. So I was still um, in touch with my career. Mm-hmm. And then after having your second child, um, you worked uh, for, it was it the same company or was it a different company? No, then um, um, I, because first I was working for CPA firms and then um, I went into the, the corporate world and worked as a staff accountant at a company. Mm-hmm. I did take a full-time job because after I had my daughter, I was like, okay, well, you know what, now, uh, maybe now I can go back uh, to focusing on my career. So mm-hmm. Again, I did that for some time, but again, um, there was that constant struggle. <laughs> it was your heartstrings pulling at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I didn't want to miss out on all those, uh, you know, my daughter taking the first step and saying the first word. You know, I was literally missing out on all of that. Mm-hmm. So, And that's why I, uh, the reason I'm constantly saying the constant struggle, constant struggle, because, you know, we really always, you know, we have to have that goal in mind. My goal was finding that perfect um, situation where uh, I'm happy as a career woman as well as a uh, mom. So mm-hmm. I was constantly, um, you know, going through that uh, struggle. Now you've found that perfect balance. Um, can you tell us uh-huh. a bit about what you do? Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, once I found the middle ground, um, you know, I took a leap. I, you know, um, I said, okay, I'm going to start my own firm. And um, so what I do now is I call myself a financial, I'm a financial analyst, but, you know, I really call myself like a financial doctor, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is like, you know, when I meet with clients, we do proper financial analysis for them. And then we find gaps in their uh, financial life or financial planning. And then, um, you know, based on their needs, we try to fulfill their gaps. Um, so when I say that, uh, you know, when I say with clients, you know, I am um, um, literally covering all aspects of their financial life cycle. We're trying to educate our clients um, in sharing all the financial concepts and all the experience that I have. I am trying to uh, educate them in making a empowered 
and knowledgeable decisions for themselves mm-hmm. rather than just being, because um, what when I meet with people, I ask them, okay, you know, what are you doing for your retirement? And, you know, the usual answer is, oh, you know what, we have a 401k plan with our company and, you know, we're just putting some money aside and they're doing the investments for us. Or, you know, they would say, oh, I was at a bank and the rep uh, just pulled me aside and said, hey, you know what, open up an investment account with us. So what's happening is that our clients um, are making a like a proactive, uh, they're not, instead of being proactive, they're making like reactive decisions, whatever mm-hmm. someone's telling them to do, they're doing that. Whereas our goal at Life Health Consultants is to educate them with all the options that are out there and then uh, helping them make the right decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we cover like all aspects, like um, as far as, you know, we discuss their income sources, whether, you know, if they need any um, help in increasing their income sources, bringing in more income, we help with their, you know, where they're saving, how much they're saving, where they're investing, what are they doing for their retirement planning, whether they have bills and trust established. And then on the other side, we also want to make sure our pl- our clients are prepared in case of, uh, you know, they have contingency plan in place, mm-hmm. like, you know, to cover the what ifs in life, like, you know, what, God forbid, what if there's an accident? What if there's a death in the family? What if there's a major health event in the family? What is your plan in that case? So, you know, we uh, focus on building a strong financial foundation for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just that covers all these aspects. That's kind of. So it sounds like there's uh, two parts to what you do, right? There's like right. the business uh, financial side, and then there's also the family um, sort mm-hmm. of planning side, right? That, yeah, that's true. That's right. Okay. Um, and can you tell us so, like what, so if someone wants to plan to do something like this or start their own um, consultancy um, mm-hmm. agency, Mm-hmm. What experiences, what advice do you have for them? Um, so, uh, first of all, you know, um, like I said, that, um, you know, just be prepared to come out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to start something new, because that's what I've seen when I approach people about um, these opportunities. They're like, oh, you know what? Um, we're, uh, you know, we're okay uh, being the, you know, doing the nine to five, you know, we're going to have a set paycheck coming in. We, you know, they're just afraid to really venture out and start something on their own. Mm-hmm. So just uh, uh, don't be afraid. And then um, whatever field that you're doing, whether it's finance or whatever, if you're starting off a business, just make sure you have the proper training, the proper licensing, yeah. and, you know, just get your background in place um, and, you know, just go from there. What was the biggest difference for you that you saw when you um, moved from the corporate world to working on your own business? Um, you know, I feel you know there's there's a there's a huge difference um, mm-hmm. in being an employee and uh, versus being a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're an employee of a company, we are working to make profits for somebody else, right? Um, and also, we go to work, we bring in a paycheck. God forbid, if for some reason we're not able to go to work, you know, there's no paycheck coming in. And uh, versus a business owner, you know, apart from, of course, the perks of, you know, setting your own hours and being your own boss, all that kind of stuff. But the best thing that I liked about it was that uh, once you have a proper business structure, a proper business model established, you have, you know, good, qualified, successful people working under you. 
then even if you don't go to work, you still will have a business or will still will have an income coming in. That to me is like was huge. Um, and that is like a major difference between the two. Okay, I lost you again. Sorry. You mentioned, there you go. You mentioned mm -hmm. that COVID um, has uh, put an ease to what you do. Um, can you tell us how? Um, so, you know, um, I am kind of like one of those, you know, I'm like a, you know, a shy person. <laughs> you know, it was like before COVID, I was actually going over to people's homes and doing the presentations and talking to them, you know, face to face. But with COVID, um, um, since um, Alhamdulillah, I already had this whole setup going on before COVID hit because I started mm -hmm. six months or eight months before COVID. And then so what the way it helped me was I was able to do a lot of things virtually, you know, mm -hmm. Zoom presentations. And um, so that kind of very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives you more time at home, right? <laughs> it definitely gives me more time at home. Yeah. You know, before it was like... Um, most of our meetings, because we're meeting with both husband and wife, we're trying to do the financial planning with the whole family. Mm -hmm. so I always had to go in the evening and I had to find, again, a, a babysitter or had to drop kids off. Alhamdulillah, I do have huge family support here in Michigan. So, uh, but again, you know, if we're going on a school night, on a weeknight, you know, the kids are at someone else's house till eight, nine instead yeah. of bed. So with Zoom, you know, they could still continue their homework and their go to bed on time and everything. And we're doing everything uh, at home. So that's that's a huge help. One question that comes to mind as a business owner um, and someone who is working from home and is a full time mom at the same time. So you're doing your full time job and you're a full time mom. How mm -hmm. do you balance your time? Like, how do you manage everything? Um, again, um, Doing it from home, Zoom and whatnot, that has helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I would admit that starting, especially in January, when the kids kind of went part-time back to school, it was kind of uh, difficult because my daughter would be in school for three hours and three different hours. And then mm -hmm. my son, like she would go to school from eight to 12. And then my son would go to school from 12 to three. So just like juggling everything, um, but uh, to be honest, the kind of work that I do, it doesn't involve too many uh, hours from me. You know, I don't have to spend like eight to 10 hours every day of my, uh, of my day. I don't have to give that many hours. Mm -hmm. so because of that, because of the flexibility, I'm able to set up appointments in between their school, in between their activities and, you know, doing phone calls and stuff. Sometimes I'm even conducting meetings while I'm sitting uh, yeah, their soccer game or you know, mm -hmm. like that. So that is the flexibility that you get when you're working for yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can manage your hours however you um, see best fit, right? Exactly, and kind of uh, set it around your schedule. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't sacrifice my kids' activities. I don't sacrifice my kids' homework or testing or anything. That always comes first. Mm -hmm. Um. We spoke a little bit about um, the qualifications you might need for something like this. Um, what are the hard and soft skills that someone would need? Like, for example, do you have to be really good at math in order to get into a career in finance? Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I hear that from a lot of people that, oh, you know what? I can't do this because I'm not good at math. Mm -hmm. so I'm like really, really bad at math. You know? <laughs> for, yeah, I mean, for finance and accounting, you don't have to be good at math. Um, you don't even have to be a numbers person. You know, you just 
things have to make sense to you. It's a lot about, um, you know, rules and regulations and learning the ins and outs. Uh, for example, as you like, for example, for life insurance and exam and the retirement planning, once you pass those, those licenses done, you know, that really gives you the skill set that is necessary. So mm-hmm. you really have to be uh, good in math in order to be in finance and accounting. And what other skills um, do you think would enable someone for success in, uh, in this career? Well, the first and foremost, I would say for any career actually is being dedicated, being mm-hmm. sincere and staying focused and, you know, do not never give up um, and always have like a set goal in mind mm-hmm. because once you have that goal, then you will be able to kind of, you know, take the steps necessary to go towards that goal. And um, in my field, um, um, you know, being able to listen to people, being able to talk to people, listen to them, um, and actually um, hear what they're saying. Like, for example, a lot of times, you know, uh, especially um, if you have a lot of knowledge, if you you have a lot of education and you go to your client, you're trying to really... um, give all that knowledge or throw all that knowledge at the client, you know, don't, don't do that. Just mm-hmm. listen to what they need, what they want. For example, uh, if somebody says I'm hungry, you know, I'm just giving you a crazy analogy. Somebody mm-hmm. says hungry and you uh, give them chicken biryani, right? But mm-hmm. if that person is a vegan, you know, if that person, although he's hungry, he's not going to be satisfied with that chicken biryani. So you mm-hmm. got uh, make sure you know enough about the client. When he says he's hungry, you got to know what he wants, what his allergies are, what his preferences are, and then be able to provide him the exact solution that would fit his needs. So, mm. so you're is- shaping sort of the um, family plan by the family's lifestyle and what they go through, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, the, the kind of uh, setup that I have, that I uh, mm-hmm. have a lot of uh, companies on my platform, a lot of products on my platform. So if I only had, let, let's just say, if I was only working with one company and they only mm-hmm. have a certain number of products, then when I, whatever clients that I meet, I would be literally just uh, giving them those same products. Yeah. But Alhamdulillah, I have like a huge platform. So I'm able to kind of tailor it according to what they want and what they need. And that is Mm -hmm. important for you to be able to kind of relate to people and listen Mm -hmm. to what they want and then give them what they want according to their Mm -hmm. needs. So moving on to a little bit, I think more the spiritual side, Um, how do you think that Islam has helped you on your road to success in your Uh career life and also maybe in your life as a mom? Um, well, you know, Islam is like um, a foundation of everything that we do as Muslims, alhamdulillah, you know, be it a student, a mother, or a career person, you know, the, the, the moral and ethical values that Islam teaches us, that has always, always been the forefront of everything that I do. And um, especially in my career uh, in finance, that has helped me a lot because when I have a high moral compass where um, I know that, um, you know, the, I have to put the, you know, the ethical and, um, you know, the moral values uh, first, and I have to mm-hmm. put clients' needs first, uh, you know, that has really helped me establish that um, relationship with the clients, you know, they trust you more, and, um, um, you know, Alhamdulillah helps you earning that um, halal living as well. Mm-hmm. 
And that's so crucial and very, very important. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think uh, Islam really sets the base and foundations for everything within our lives. Um, and I love seeing how that adapts to different people's careers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really it's really beautiful. It is beautiful, yeah. Um, so another question, what is your future goal? Where do you see yourself uh, in five years and 10 years? You know, because you spoke a little bit about, you know, jumping around from here to here to here and always just going with your gut, right? Mm -hmm. So what is your, your current plan? So currently, like I said, my business is fairly new. So the goal is to really um, keep taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. where, um, I Because the business model that I'm following is that you want to have, um, you know, a successful, like um, agency, a successful agency under you. So you have a number of uh, financial analysts like myself working um, for your agency. So the goal is to uh, make money while you sleep, kind of, <laughs> focus on the royalty income. And that is possible, you know, it's um, uh, uh, once you have that proper structure, business structure set up, then that is entirely completely possible. So that is where I'm heading as far as my um, career path is concerned to just, uh, you know, make this business more successful. Is there a piece of advice that you wish someone would have given you before you started out on your journey? Um, you know what, again, the, I bring the comfort zone. People did give me that because in mm -hmm. the business model that I am attached to, they, we have a lot of mentors who are constantly teaching us, um, you know, how to be successful. Um, they, you know, they kept on saying, you know, come out of your comfort zone. So because, mm -hmm. uh, and that is the advice that I would give to the youngsters too, that change happens when you step out of that comfort zone. Um, you know, uh, it could be like me giving this interview right now. This is... Yeah. Two years before this, I would never. I'm like, what are you talking about? I I can't do that. Same thing when I was making doing presentations with the clients. Um, I was not very good at that, but you know, I stepped out of that comfort zone and then finally found the uh, a comfortable position for myself. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that being um, a Muslim, a visible Muslim woman? It has its challenges um within i mean obviously it has this its challenges but does it also have advantages within the corporate world within you know um maybe the society that we live in so um i moved to the u.s uh, back in 2000 mm -hmm. in um within a year 9-11 happened um so that changed um a lot of you know uh, people's perspectives towards Muslims, how they saw yeah. Muslims. Um, but Alhamdulillah, I never experienced anything. Although I was living in the South at that time, I never experienced any racism or anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people were actually more helpful, more protective um, towards uh, me. But one thing that I always noticed that kind of stood out that um, <clears throat> I, you know, people gave me a lot of respect. Mm. Because I always had a job and all, I, I just, it was just a lot of respect, like stuff that they would normally say in front of everybody else. They would not say that in front of me because they thought mm. and me, they, you know, it was just a lot of um, respect that I got. So. That's and, so beautiful. I can relate. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. So um, they, I mean, that's kind of, you know, they, they feel that, oh, you know what, that would not be appropriate to say in front of a mm -hmm. one do it. 
And um, I actually appreciated that. And there's always that given boundary, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, Inshallah, things get easier for people given today's climate and the decisions that are being made globally on um, whether or not you can work with a hijab on, right? Inshallah. Um, So we have come close to the end of our show, but before we end, I wanted to get from you your final piece of advice, you know, that golden advice that you have for um, our youth or for our listeners today. Um. So, um, you know, from my experience, I would say, you know, never settle for less. And, and you know, if you are struggling, uh, just don't uh, don't be afraid to explore new things. Mm-hmm. And don't uh, settle for anything that uh, unless you're satisfied, like, you know, uh, don't, uh, you know, keep keep looking, keep exploring until you find that perfect balance that you are looking for in life. Um, don't be afraid to try new things and um, don't be afraid to come out of your comfort zone. No pain, no gain, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Thank you so much, Ambreen, for your uh, amazing advice and for taking us through your um, career journey that is so extensive. Um, It's beautiful to see how many things you've gone through and how many, um, you know, not just as a business owner, but as a mother, as a woman, um, you know, going through all of this and going with your heart and also really keeping that mindset of working at the same time. Um, It was beautiful to hear your story. Thank you so much for those kind words and thank you so much for having me. I hope I was able to add some value uh, to the listeners. And if anyone has questions for Embreen, feel free to ask on our UMentor platform and we can uh, either she will answer or you can uh, we'll forward the questions to her. Thank you so much, Embreen. Thank you so much. You were just listening to the UMentor talk show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk shows. And you can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Tune in next week at 3 p.m. for another show. Emoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.